Okay. Hi guys. Nice to see you guys. Happy New Year. Um, thank you for inviting us. You didn't know you had. Um, can we read, and then I'll talk, how about that? Exodus chapter 12. What? And we're having a break from John's Gospel. We'll resume John's Gospel another time. But this is a New Year's Day. We're, we're going to do it all again. Um, another year. Interesting that, well, you know, just to say, our lives are dominated by seasons. And we don't live in chaos. We don't live in random disorder. That's why we can do science, because we actually think that there is regularity, that there are laws of science to be discovered, which is somewhat in conflict with the notion that everything came from nothing. Everything came from big mistake. It's not what we see. We see regularity, order, seasons. We live um, in a universe that has come from the intelligence of the Father. There we are. So look, New Year's Day. So what? It's just another day. Correct. Let's have a look what happened to the Jews at New Year. This is the book of Exodus. And the Lord spake, chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 1, unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And it wasn't January. Not that it matters to us. But it seemed, well, it's precisely correct that God nominated that month to be the beginning. It was to be the foundation of their entire year. Well, what was happening in that month? Shall we have a look? What was going on at this time? This was um, just as the Israelites were being kept back from leaving Egypt. Let my people go, and Pharaoh wouldn't. And you remember the plagues that came upon him. And verse 4 of, verse 1 of chapter 11, the Lord said unto Moses, Yet I will bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go hence. And move on to verse 4. Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight I will go into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth on his, fro- on his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts, there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it in any more. But against the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Can we move down to chapter 12? So there was judgment coming. Another place it says, I will judge Egypt. I just want to raise a question with you. Um, what were they being judged for? Um, mm. For were they any more wicked than Israel? Were they? The Egyptians any more wicked than Israel? No, they, I don't really think so. Um, Israel didn't have any laws to keep. They didn't have their religious life regulated. Yet, they were just children of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Um, children of the covenant. What I'm suggesting to you is that the judgment 
surely was due to them as well. Uh, so what was the difference? Can we read what the difference was? And you'll see, I hope, you'll see where we're going. Okay, so here we are, chapter 12 again, and verse 2. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month shall they take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. It shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Take it from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. Okay, we're not going to go on. For, for time's sake, we won't read it all. Let's skip on. Now I've lost the place. We're reading on. They shall eat the flesh that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head, his lungs. Verse 10. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. Thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, and your shoes and your feet, and your staff in your hand ye shall eat it, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are and when I see the blood I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Verse 17. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread this selfsame day that I brought your armies out of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generation. Verse 24, you shall observe this thing for an ordinance. This is the beginning of the year, okay? This is the first month, and it shall come to pass, 25. When ye come to the land that the Lord shall give you, according to his promise, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say to you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say to them, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. Okay. Uh, one more verse from this chapter. Verse 46, in one house shall it be eaten, the lamb. The lamb was slain, the lamb was eaten in the house. Thou shalt not carry forth all of the flesh abroad, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. Guys, this was the beginning of the year for Israel. Their whole year, their whole life, their whole society, their whole religious consciousness was founded on the concept, on the fact of redemption. 
the lamb was slain instead of them instead of them because the blood of the lamb was on the doorpost and they went through it and they were in the blood and eating the flesh of the lamb they were redeemed they were saved out of the destiny of Egypt death guys that was the beginning of the year for them it was the beginning of their life it was the beginning of the religious life of Israel and um, I would suggest to you that redemption is the beginning of the year for us. It's the beginning of our religious life. That we are bought. And we're going to just investigate briefly what is this redemption? What does it mean? What is it to redeem? Um, and we're, going to, we're going to consider that briefly. Something else, I won't go to the scriptures, but if you look in chapter 29 of Exodus, you discover that there was another lamb slain, not a sin offering, in the same way as this, there was a lamb slain, slain every morning and every evening. Redemption wasn't just the beginning of the year, it wasn't just the beginning of their um, national life. Every morning and every evening it was founded on redemption. What is this? Redemption then? Okay, so the point I'm making is one, it's a big deal. God said that the beginning of your year is redemption. The beginning of your day, the beginning of your evening. Day by day, year by year, it's founded on... What is it? Redemption. So can we think about it? Because for you and me, it is also important. The, the, the redemption for the Israelites was, it was at once an action and it was also a prophecy. And the full effect of redemption was not to come until Jesus came, the Lamb that was slain. And John quotes this um, in chapter 19. He said, Jesus, they didn't break his leg. You know, he was on the cross and they slew the Lamb of God. And John uh, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. Not the Israelitish Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. And when they got to kill the Lamb of God, they didn't break his legs with a stick. And John says specifically, This was done so that this prophecy should be fulfilled. You are not to break a single bone of the body. And so all this business about the Lamb in the life of Israel was for Israel, but it foretold the fulfillment and the real redemption that was to come. So, here we go. Briefly, um, redeemed from what? Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die, said God, about Adam eating fruit forbidden. Listen, dear ones, the issue is that there, you've heard that old quip. Look, we can look at Iran, six years of bloody, intractable conflict. We can look all across the Arab states, we can look in Europe, we can look at the mayhem in different parts of the world and say, what is the human problem? And there's a quip that says, the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And the heart of the human problem is the depravity of the human heart. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And he went on living. No, he didn't. He died. He was separated from the life giver. That moment. 
And the history of man is a testimony to the concept of sin and death. Sin worked in Adam, and it brought him into the grave eventually. Sin worked in the earth, and its fruit is suffering, misering, rebellion against God. What is that sin? Thank you. What is that sin? In essence, we read about it in Isaiah 14, it's rebellion against God. I will exalt my throne above the throne of the Most High. I will be like the Most High. And it's that spirit that has entered into humanity and consigned us all to death and suffering. Listen, I'm going to go and work in a Muslim school soon, uh, an Islamic college in January. They have the concept of sin. They say um, <clears throat> their theology uh, is a it is uh, a corrupt kind of monotheism. They say man is sinful. You must try hard not to be sinful. That's it. They have the law. All right, they got the law. The Jews had the law. Some Christians live their life like that. They say we have the law. We know what we should do. We're going to try and do the right thing. Period. But the gospel goes far beyond that. The gospel shows us a father. The gospel shows us a creator who is father and has taken the initiative to get us out of the condition we're in. Redemption. What he means to redeem us from is being sold under sin. Romans chapter 7. I am sold under sin. Sold as a slave is the literal translation. There's no way out of that. Guys, you can have the law. You, you can know what it is you should be doing. But it doesn't make you any different. It might make you a little bit more disciplined. It doesn't make you any different. The, the key revelation from Israel, the key revelation from, um, from the Father about his heart, his activity in the history of Israel, and his activity in Christ, is that he has taken the initiative and he has acted to be gracious to you and to be gracious to me, to redeem us, to buy us back. Get us out of the hole. Like the psalmist said, Thou, he took me out of an horrible pit. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my foot on a rock today. He's taken initiative. It's not legalism. It's that the Father has moved. At what cost? He's moved at the cost of his own son. He gave up his son freely. Why? Because he loved us. He loved us, the world, then. He loves us now. For God so loved the world. He didn't just give them the law. He didn't just say, now look, you've got to be right. And you're wrong. I'm holy, be holy. He didn't stop at that. It's true, he's holy, we must be holy. It's true, he's righteous, we must be righteous. He didn't stop at that. He said, I'm going to go down and deliver them. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to buy them out of the law that has governed their lives. The law of sin and death. We can't do it for ourselves. And the beginning of the year for the Israelites, the beginning of every day, the end of every day, spoke about God has moved to take us out of what we were in. God has moved to take us out of the kingdom of darkness, or out of darkness into the kingdom of light. Redemption, the beginning of the year to them, 
the beginning of the year for us. I suggest to you the beginning of life for us. Can I just show you a couple of things? Um, so that's what we need to be redeemed from. Uh, can we have Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9? Revelation 5 and 9, just being very quick, they sung a new song, these saints before the throne, the elders before the throne, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, they sang to the Lamb. Romans 5 and chapter 9, uh, chapter 5 and verse 9, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and has redeemed us to God, has bought us out of the slave market. That's what the word means. Bought us out of the forum. You bought us out of the forum by your blood. By his, thank you so much, by his blood. That was a price. <clears throat> the price of getting us off the hook. The price of getting us out of darkness. The price of liberating us from our complicity with sin. Our um, willing subjection. Willing in some ways subjection to the wicked one. It was, the price was his blood. He so loved the world that he gave up his son that we should treat him like that and shed his blood and his life was poured out that's what blood is it's the poured out life it was spilt shed that word is the word used for the slave market to, to buy in the slave market thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood Here's another one. Loose by a price. Titus chapter 2. We're just going to do a quick survey. and then. So this is the concept of redemption fulfilled. In the book of Titus and the second chapter. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men not just the Jews in a picture that never did the job that external stuff never brought full salvation but now the real thing the real lamb has appeared not just to the Jews but to all men Margaret River people Thornley people um, and others as well (laughs) all men and Titus has blown away sorry verse 11 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of the great God and our Saviour Jesus Christ who gave himself for us guys he didn't just give us a law say that's what you should be like he said you haven't got a hope mate he didn't say mate you haven't got a hope I need to buy you out of the mess you're in 
and the only way it's going to happen is for me to pour out my life have you got that? this isn't legalism uh, this is, yes yeah, we're getting there we're in verse 11, looking for that blessed hope um, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity that's what we're redeemed from all that lawlessness we were stuck in it we were bound under the law of sin and death he said look and for you and me there's only one hope and that we get bought out of it by his blood and live in the good of that redemption and purify unto himself why? why was he doing this? so that he should purify unto himself a peculiar people (laughs) peculiar, special, not odd a peculiar people, a special people one that particularly belonged to him zealous of good work he wanted people who were really his sons in the earth not just fallen people governed by sin and death trying to do good he wanted more than that folk who were redeemed purified under him uh, zealous of good works we're going to move on apace you will be pleased to hear um, 1 Peter 1 18 you know these but we, I think it would be helpful just to read them 1 Peter 1 18 for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, that's that slave market word again, to loose by a price. You were not redeemed, loosed with a price, with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain behavior. You see what we've got to be redeemed from? Sin. Vain behavior. By the tradi- received by the tradition of your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot the second chapter of that book verse 9 the second chapter of 1 Peter you're a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for a possession that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light which in time past were not a people but now the people of God which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy guys 1 Corinthians you are bought you are not your own you are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body you got a body that's what it's for you're not your own you're bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body hmm that's 1 Corinthians 6 20 acts we won't go on uh We'll just read Jesus on the subject and we'll close. Matthew 20. Jesus knew what he was about. He knew what faced him and he knew the function of his life. Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, 
not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We've got no hope except we're freed. Um, there was a hymn that we used to sing. By the way, we read in 1 Peter also that Jesus was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. The only basis upon which the earth could be made and men and women made was that the Lamb had already been slain in eternity and now in these last days has been manifested. 1 Peter 1.20 The Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. We used to sing a hymn. I remember whispering it in a young man's ear as he lay in a coma. Oh love that wilt not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe. See, if he's bought our lives, we owe him our life doubly. We owe it to him because he made us, and we owe it to him because he's bought us. I give thee back the life I owe. That in thy ocean depths its flow may richer fuller be we need to lose our life to get his life but as we lose our life in getting his life our life becomes richer and fuller we become for the first time in our lives alive instead of dead in trespasses and sins Uh, so, New Year's Day, for the Jews, redemption. That's not a bad theme for us to approach New Year in. I give thee back the life I owe. Who? Oh, love that will not let me go. God so loved the world, he bought us. Oh, love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. Amen.